Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. New records for both the S&P 500 Index and NASDAQ. A move higher for the Dow today, a rally in crude and dollar weakness, spark gains in commodities producers. The S&P 500 Index up 11 to 2402, a gain there of five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 28, also a gain of five-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 85, a gain of four-tenths of one percent. The 10-year down 4.30 seconds at yield 2.34%. Gold up 2.30 the ounce to 12.30, a gain there of 2 tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude up 2%, higher by 95 cents a barrel to 48.80. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. And that's why everybody wants a piece of the action. Yeah, when it comes to the IPO market, everybody wants a piece of the action. And uh, we have seen IPOs up big time uh, so far this year, up more than 121% from the same period last year. Let's bring in Jeff Thomas, Vice President and Head of Western Region Listings at NASDAQ, uh, on the phone in San Francisco. Uh, Jeff, when you look at the IPO market, uh, what does it look like for the rest of the year? Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me. You know, we've got an exciting backlog here for uh, Q2 and then looking into the back half of the year with markets at all-time highs and the VIX continuing to stay uh, below 20. We are seeing uh, an awful lot of excitement and enthusiasm of companies ramping up for offerings this year. Um, what's driving this? We've, we've heard about a lot of listings sort of that are uh, out there that we can't see because of the Jobs Act. We've talked to bankers over the last year who told us that they're out there. But they're not—they're not making it to the market, even though the market's uh, nearing all-time highs. What's your? Why not? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the offerings that have gone out this year, you know, Okta being a, a great example, um, investors are really looking for growth stories. They really want to see uh, companies that are growing quickly. Um, we've got Appian um, set to go out here in the, the near future, and again, that's another good example of an enterprise software company uh, with a strong growth story. And I think. That's really what the buy side's looking for right now is is access to growth stories. How did Snap help or hurt the IPO market? You know, I think anytime you have a, a big offering like that, um, it draws a lot of attention and, and gets a lot of publicity, and I think that's generally good for the market. Um, I also think the fact that um, things went off well, you know, in the IPO was a, a good story. Well, Obviously, in the IPO um, they were, but afterwards the, uh, they weren't. <laughs> I mean, that's the yeah, thing, right? Is it, is it... on the uh, does that hurt the chances of future IPOs because investors who are accustomed to seeing the company at least uh, make expectations in the first quarter and even at least see business trends continue? I mean, that's, it wasn't just about expectations. It's a company that was finally showing some progress towards, God for big positive gross margins. That fell apart. User growth wasn't much to write home about, but, but just kind of weak numbers across the board. I think it really does reinforce the, the point for companies that we talk to, to companies about all the time. The IPO is just one day, and then you're faced with an endless series of quarters, and that, that first quarter is, is really, really important. Um, and that's why we've invested a, a ton in terms of products and services, not just around the, the day one of an IPO, but helping companies be better public companies over the long term. What does that mean specifically? So NASDAQ powers um, IR solutions and PR solutions for uh, many of the largest listed companies in the world. We help companies uh, manage their earnings calls. We help them get ready in terms of targeting the right investors. Um, we help them manage their, um, their profile in the press. And through those products and services, we actually play an ongoing role in supporting our companies 
uh, well after the IPO. Jeff, what's the right investor in this environment for an IPO? You know, I think there's always got to be a mix of investors in any IPO. I think a lot of people are always looking for good uh, long-term investors, but the important thing to remember that um, without sellers, there, there really can't be any buyers. So you do want investors that are going to come in and provide uh, much-needed liquidity so that when you get one, two quarters out and you're looking to, to do your follow-on and provide some liquidity to your existing investors, um, you want to have people who will be there to, to support that and, and um, take up that liquidity. What sort of what do you do with private companies? Uh, I have a family member at a private company that's the NASDAQ has hosted like three or four events, both in, in San Francisco and in New York, and the company's private without any uh, near-term plans to do an IPO at all. But, but I, obviously you guys are courting them to get a listing. Uh, how do you manage those efforts and how active are those efforts? Sure. So three years ago, we actually launched NASDAQ Private Market, uh, which is our ability to help companies provide liquidity to their shareholders before they go public. Um, it helps to take off some of the pressure that companies feel on the long march towards an IPO. And importantly, in today's competitive talent um, environment, help them provide liquidity to their employees as a retention mechanism. But are there, are there you know, a handful of companies in this? Do they have to have billion-dollar private market cap? I mean, how, how deep do these efforts go? Sure. So our last year in 2016, our median um, company that we worked with through NASDAQ Private Market had a $500 million market cap. Um, the average is obviously much higher because we do work with some of the largest private companies. Um, but last year we provided over a billion dollars in liquidity to private company shareholders through NASDAQ Private wow. Market. That's big. From, from Big from and growing. We actually yeah. could potentially uh, exceed that. Uh, amount just here within uh, the first couple quarters of 2017 because we're going to see a couple very large deals uh, through NASDAQ private market. Uh, is it in terms of the IPO market or the IPO or the companies that are coming to you, is it all tech-related? I understand you're head of the Western region listing, so that tends to be kind of tech-focused. But what kind of industries, um, sectors are you seeing in terms of interest for IPOs later on this year? We've actually seen a much broader mix this year. Um, so we, we saw a little bit of a cooling in the healthcare sector at the beginning of the year. That was actually the most active sector through 2014, 2015, and then started to kind of cool off in 2016. Um, we're talking to a number of healthcare companies that are now gearing up and getting ready to go out. Um, we've seen a fairly active market around financials as well. That's obviously a sector that has been, um, you know, on the upswing rate lately. Um, and then not necessarily on a sector basis, but we're seeing a lot of private equity-backed companies um, where the sponsors are going in and looking for liquidity, and that's another big sector that we're watching. Um, when we look at this kind of activity, I mean, you've got NASDAQ uh, leading the major exchanges on the way up this year. I mean, you've got a 14% gain this year. Um, how does that uh, affect what goes on at the NASDAQ in terms of either volume or even revenues for the organization itself? Sure. So I think any time that the, the indexes are up, that's good. Um, the challenge is that it's been on very low volume, uh, which hurts our trading business. Um, so I think when the index is high, we do see a higher uptick in listings. Um, but when volumes are low, that obviously hurts us on the trading side. That being said, as I mentioned, we now actually provide a lot of different technology and services to companies. So now fully about three-quarters of our revenue um, is actually on a recurring revenue basis, which helps us to be a much more predictable business ourselves rather than just being tied to market volumes. Jeff, stuff coming out of the administration, how is that impacting the IPO market from your vantage point? You know, I think there's still uh, a very positive sentiment around uh, the new commissioner of the SEC, new chair of the SEC, and in the potential to go out and make some much-needed reforms in the public markets. We actually launched uh, a big initiative last week we call Project Revitalize. 
on some of the big changes we'd like to see change, not only in the regulatory framework, but also in the market structure and some changes that we think could be implemented to promote more long-termism rather than short-termism in the markets. It's, it's an interesting thing, too. I wonder, finally, what you've done in terms of um, increasing scrutiny of companies before they go public. I know there's, of course, always pressure to ease listing standards, but, you know, with all the uh, Chinese reverse mergers, for example, that we saw that, that proved to have um, a, a general theme of, of, of challenging accounting, to put it kindly, I wonder if you guys have done things to try to raise your standards of examining companies before they end up trading on the NASDAQ. Yeah, we absolutely have a very rigorous approach to our listing qualifications team and take, uh, you know, all efforts to make sure that uh, we're bringing the, the best and brightest out here to the U.S. Um, you know, I think our listing standards are among the most rigorous in the world, um, and it really is a matter of, you know, being mm. the, the shining star. We're keeping out the uh, any bad actors. Jeff Thomas, thank you so much. VP, head of Western Region Listings over at the NASDAQ on the phone in San Francisco. Ed Baxter. Carol Master, <laughs> what do you got? How are you? How are you doing, well. Corey? Good to see you. A look at President Trump's infrastructure plans. Italian Finance Minister Pierre Carlo Padoan discusses the G7s. And a look at congressional plans for tax reform with uh, Representative Kevin Brady. Coming up on Bloomberg Best, June Grosso joins me, guys. Wow. That sounds good. Yeah, thanks. Just stay tuned. I'm sticking around. I'm sure you will. Boy, thank you. We've been listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio with Corey Johnson and Carol Master. This is Bloomberg.